0: Good morning, it is good to see y'all this morning, I want to thank my family uh, who are in town from various places, Uh, I want to say thanks for doubling our attendance this morning, Uh, yes, Adamson crew showed up strong. Yeah. yeah, we're uh, cold
1: in the parking lot. I'm like, it's Sunday after uh, Christmas. It's, it's rainy, cold, cold. It's rainy. The it's flu and
0: stomach bugs are going around. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, I hope that you had a good week. And I'm so thankful that you are here. And those of you who are joining us online, either because you're traveling or because you or your family are ill, we're glad that you're with us <laughs> as well. And um, that you stayed home. And that you stayed home, yes. Thank you. Thank you to those who are sick and choose not to be heroes and leave their homes uh, and and instead quarantine themselves as God intended. So, it is good to be with y'all. We, this is a, a classic, what we call stand-alone Sunday, where we're in between sermon series and we get to pick to preach about whatever we want to preach about. Reagan and I are going to be preaching together today. Uh, and we're in this, this, you know, sort of weird Sunday in that liminal space, that in-between time between uh, Christmas Day and, and New Year's. And so uh, we wanted to take the opportunity this Sunday to talk about uh, approaching the, this new year. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. The last few years when it has been New Year's Day, we haven't really done the sort of New Year's kind of conversation, so we're going to talk about how we can approach this next year as people of faith, and we're going to be looking at a scripture, um, uh, several scriptures from Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia, the region of Galatia, a letter called Galatians, and just really briefly before we dig in, we're going to be looking at selections from the, the chapters four, five, and six from this letter. And uh, Paul wrote this letter as a way of uh, kind of correcting the churches in this region. So um, if you didn't know, early Christianity started as a movement within Judaism. It was sort of this messianic uh, Jesus movement uh, within the Jewish tradition. And it very quickly, though, expanded and began uh, reaching people outside of the Jewish tradition that, in Scripture, we call Gentiles. There are Jews and Gentiles, non-Jews. And so, um, as Gentiles grew in number in this Christian movement, it created a natural tension of how Jewish do you have to be to follow Jesus, right? And so, there were some who believed that you had to be a fully practicing Jew following all of the traditional Jewish practices, including but not limited to circumcision, dietary restrictions, and Sabbath, keeping a specific day for the Sabbath. Um, Paul was of the opinion that you did not have to subscribe to these kinds of practices, and instead he was very, very, very big on following the leading and guiding of the Spirit And so there were some teachers that had gone through this Galatian region where there were a lot of Gentile Christians, and they were telling them, you have to be a practicing Jew to follow Jesus. And Paul writes this letter as a way of saying, no, um, to be a Christian, you have to follow Jesus, and you have to follow Jesus wherever the Holy Spirit leads you. That's what it means to be a Christian Christian. So we're going to be looking at selections from chapters 4, 5, and 6 where Paul's really getting into what it means to follow the Spirit's leading. And I think these are important scriptures for us to, to read this week because as we approach this next year, the question, the overarching question I want us to be asking this morning is how am I listening to the Spirit's guidance this next year? How am I allowing the Spirit to lead me in a greater way this next year and not just getting stuck in doing the things that I've always done? Yeah? So with all that in mind, let's say a word of prayer, and then let's read our first Scripture this morning. We pray before we read Scripture, um, for those of you who are here for the first time, um, because we believe that Scripture is a living text, and we invite the Holy Spirit to, to breathe life into it again so that it could become more than just words on a page for us this morning. Okay? So let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this day, and we give you thanks for family and for holidays and for friends and for anyone who makes us feel loved. God, we give you thanks for um, the gift of this time of preparation for the new year. We give you thanks for the ways in which you meet us and guide us and direct us exactly where we are. So God, as we listen to the words of your Apostle Paul, and we consider what ways the Spirit could be leading us this next year, God, would you speak to us loudly and clearly this morning? Would you allow these words to leap off of the screens and off of the pages of our Bibles and into our hearts so that they could change the way that we live? All this we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So in chapter 4, beginning in verse 8, Paul says this, At the time when you didn't know God, you were enslaved by things that aren't God's by nature. But now, after knowing God, or rather being known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless world system? Do you want to be slaves to it again? You observe religious days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid for you. Perhaps my hard work for you has been for nothing. Paul always had a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> so we're going to stop there for now.
1: Okay. So first of all, when Scott and I were looking at this scripture, we kind of were having just a dialogue about it. So that's kind of what you're going to probably see this morning. And when we first read this scripture, you know, we're asking, okay, what do you take from it? What, what is the spirit kind of telling you? And when I first read it, I felt like the first thing was that I needed space to breathe and that, that breath of grace. And so for right now, I want you guys to think about this past year and breathe and give yourself some grace. Because when I first read this first line, it says, um, at the time when you didn't know God, you were enslaved by things that aren't God's by nature. And I think sometimes we maybe look back on this past year and maybe we made some mistakes or did some things that just out of whether it's ignorance or just different things like you just didn't know or you didn't realize things or god hadn't really revealed things to you i think sometimes we go into this new year carrying maybe some guilt um, some shame about maybe things we did but i think we have to be able to give yourself grace knowing that um, sometimes it just it hasn't been revealed to you yet that you haven't been changed and so First of all, give yourself some grace. But then as I go through it, I think about, okay, after you realize, hey, maybe I didn't spend my time well, maybe I made some poor decisions, um, how easy it is to go backwards and repeat those same things. Um, And so I love that Paul's like, but how can you turn back again? Um, to the weak and worthless world system. I think it's so easy to go back to things that are comfortable, things that are easy for us, rather than saying, okay, I know God. I know where my life should be going, and I am known by God. I need to follow this path. But that pull to keep doing the things of the past is a very real, a very strong thing. And so kind of you have to look at your year and ask yourself, do you want to repeat last year? (laughs) Do you? I don't know. Why
0: do you laugh? Oh, just 2019 was just so much fun. Okay. It was just such a great year. No. (laughs) Um, I don't want to repeat, like, you know, Jude's sleep deprivation with us. I don't want to repeat that. Yeah. There's a lot of mistakes. Sure. I'm not good at giving myself grace either. See, Reagan just let that slip off the tongue like that was real easy. Like, step one, just give yourself grace. Like, I don't know about y'all. Anybody, is anybody not done beating themselves up over mistakes they've made this past year? I'm not. And so, like, when, when you said that out loud, like, it made me think, like, man, how, how do I leave that behind before I enter January 1? How can I let that be in 2019 and not bring that with me to 2020? Because I tend to be the one that right. brings the baggage on and continues to be And it's easy up. to be
1: reminded. I mean, I love Facebook memories and time hop, but sometimes I'll pop up. I'm like, oh, that was a bad decision. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's a reminder. Like, it's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, learning all that. Um, so yeah, think about your year and say, okay, do I want to repeat it? No, or maybe yes. Maybe there's elements that you want to redo, but like, okay, things that I really need to let go and be a 2019 thing and, and, and remember, okay, who has God called me to be in this next season? Who is God calling me um, or what kind of changes am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to let go and just become this new, new creation? And so think about, um, I don't know, is anyone a paper planner person? Okay, yeah, paper you are a debunker, and I've seen yours. Um, so, so <laughs> some... also,
0: the correlation between paper planners and short arm raises is high. You asked how many paper planners, and everyone went like this. Yeah. I don't like nobody was like me. I'm yeah. a paper planner. Be proud. Yeah. So
1: I'm not a paper planner person, but I I've seen many people's paper planner and a, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I'm jealous because they're like this thick and they got all these tabs on them and they're color coded. I would Highlighters lose, I would and lose tabs it so and fast. Stuff. Yeah.
1: But sometimes you can go back and see how you spent your time and really kind of who, who had the power in your life or who had your loyalty. And I think mm. sometimes you need to go back and look and say, okay, did I spend my time well? Was I investing in people? Was I, was I investing in myself in good good and healthy ways and kind of look back and say, okay, who do I want to have the say and what I do and how I act? And Mm. hopefully that is God going into this next year. Mm. But so just realize, okay, someone or something had your intention in 2019 and maybe that needs to shift and maybe needs to change in 2020. Did you have anything to add to that? Well, you were
0: going to offer, you're going to talk about how when we don't change or when we don't listen how we can frequently end up in the same mistakes right. again and again
1: um, and again, yeah. which
0: I don't know what that's like at all, personally, for yeah. me. I don't repeat mistakes yeah. ever.
1: Um, <laughs> I know I've, I've used this example, like, too many times, but because it's such a good one. And how I look at it is, is in the movie Elf, you've all heard me say this, is the, the part when he goes through the revolving door yes. and then he throws up. We should
0: not make throw-up jokes right <laughs> yeah, now, should. by the Too way. Soon. Our family, um, both of our kids had stomach pugs this week. I'm and not, then he goes right back in ready. and does it again. And yeah. that's
1: kind of what we do sometimes. We don't really learn. But I wanted to, to talk real fast. So years ago, I read this book um, by John Eldridge, who I think is a, a great writer. And, and at the time, it was really good for my soul. And, but I remember that there's this one line that, that has stuck with me all this time. And usually if a line that sticks with a book, you know, from a book, it is significant and not necessarily in a good way. Uh, He said something that basically was like, sometimes God breaks your heart again for this, like for the same thing, because you didn't learn it the first time or something. And I was like, I don't know, that doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Very well. Um, It just doesn't sit. And so, yeah. We kind of I asked Scott his opinion on that, and we kind of picked it apart. And first of all, obviously we, we know that God doesn't bring harm on us. God doesn't cause bad things to happen. We live in this broken world where people make poor decisions. There's there's sin. It's a very real thing. Right. Um, but I don't think God looks down and said, "Oh, you didn't learn it. Let me make sure you go through this hardship again because you didn't quite get." hit all the points that you needed to do.
0: Yeah. I just think John, John's just not a very good Methodist, right? I think he's a great Christian author. He's just not Methodist, right? So as a Methodist, I'm like, you can blame God. You can say, oh, God brought this on me again. Or like you keep making the same mistakes. like that's on you. Like, you got yourself there, right? So as a Methodist, we believe in a lot of human agency, right? We've got the ability to make choices, good ones and bad ones. And when you make the same bad decisions over and over, and you don't learn anything every time, and you keep making the same bad decisions over and over, who, who, who's, who's doing that, right? Is that, is that God? Are you Job, <laughs> you know? Or, or are you just making the same mistake over and over? And that's the moment I have to sort of ask myself, like, Scott... Do you want to blame this on some cosmic yeah. equation, or is this really just because you don't want to learn a lesson? You know, today, my, a lot, one reason my family's in town this week, God bless their souls, is to go watch the Cowboys play later uh, this afternoon. And, um, like, I already know what's going to – they may not know, but I know what's going to happen, right? They're going to win this, this game. They're, they are. They're going to win. Like, that's, that's the good news. The good news is they're going to win. They're going to end the season 8-8 eight and eight again, Right? And they're going to maybe go to the playoffs if the Eagles manage to lose. And they're going to go get their Heinies whipped in the first round of the playoffs because Jerry Jones sold his soul to a mediocre devil back in the 90s. (laughs) I say mediocre devil because he got three trophies, and then the deal was you just got to go eight and eight for the rest of eternity, right? <laughs> and so it, we don't learn anything. And then here's the worst part, Cowboys fans. You go, oh, well, at least Garrett will be fired, and we'll get a new coach. And joke's on you. We're going to hire a new coach. Guess what the record next year is going to be? Eight and eight. Yes, it is. Mark me. Mark me right now, right? So don't blame God. You're just not learning from your mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah. To the point.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is the whole sermon.
0: The point. The point. The point. The point. The point. I think that we can take from this first reading is Uh, Looking back at, at the last year and not looking back with shame and guilt and regret, but rather seeing it as a learning opportunity, seeing it as a chance for the Spirit to reveal something new to you and saying, how can I take that and actually apply it this next year? How can we take what God has revealed in 2019 and apply it to 2020? right? Looking back and saying, there's a lot of opportunity here for me to make some really important, healthy, holy changes in my life. And what are just, don't try to conquer the whole world in one day. What are a few things that you Mm -hmm. could take from that, that you could apply? Um, All right, Reagan, let's keep moving.
1: Okay. So now we're moving to the I got
0: worked up with the cowboy. I need to cool off. I need to take a break.
1: (sighs) I'm hot too. That's fine. Okay. All right. (laughs) <laughs> i'm off. so
0: glad y'all are in town i'm so glad go deck go right eight and eight give me a break all right
1: <laughs> all right the word of god um, yes let's get back to it okay. thank you galatians five thirteen through 18 and then 22 through 25 says this you were called to freedom brothers and sisters only don't let this freedom be an opportunity to indulge your selfish impulses but serve each other through love all the law has been fulfilled in a single statement love your neighbor as yourself I say be guided by the Spirit and you won't carry out your selfish desires. A person's selfish desires are set against the Spirit. And the Spirit is set against one's selfish desires. They are opposed to each other, so you shouldn't do whatever you want to do. But if you are being led by the Spirit, you aren't under the law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow
0: the Spirit. So I really appreciate this passage, especially by considering what life looks like in the next year because Paul does something that that Jesus does that has been done in scripture since Deuteronomy and that is to call us back to a really simple understanding of our faith. Not an easy one but a really simple one when he says all the law has been fulfilled in a single statement love your neighbor as yourself so Paul is not inventing this he's quoting Jesus who's quoting Deuteronomy right love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul strength and love your neighbor as yourself Jesus says this is what all the law and the prophets is, is Hung upon and Deuteronomy says the same, right? Um, I think sometimes I can make the life of faith for myself seem so complicated, and I got to check so many so many boxes, and I got to you know read so many books, and I got to do all this stuff. and 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 Paul is really good at being a clarifying voice sometimes, and saying, "Does it fit into this? (laughs) The things that you're looking at doing this next year, the intentional decisions you're making, does it help you love your neighbor as yourself better?" And now there's two parts of this, right? Now, sometimes we tend to only hear the love your neighbor part, and that part's important. Y'all know that. We're a church that's really big into loving our neighbor. Uh, But this morning, I want us to consider the fact that it says as yourself, and that Paul goes on to talk about not how best to love your neighbor, you'll notice. Paul goes on to talk about how best to invest in the Spirit's work within yourself, because I think Paul understands that so yourself goes, then so does the love of your neighbor go. If you hate yourself and you don't spend any time loving yourself, not in a selfish way, but in a Spirit-led way, if you don't allow the Spirit's work within you to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit, then you go out and try to love your neighbor. Who are you offering them? You're offering them a shell of who you should be, right? I think it's really interesting that Paul says this, and he goes on and talks about all the ways in which the Spirit is trying to be at work in us as individuals, and it makes me go, okay, how am I investing in the Spirit's work within me? How am I doing those things that at at first glance I might wonder if it's me being selfish, and I do have to take that moral inventory. Mm -hmm. Am I doing these things to be selfish, or am I doing these things because I'm trying to practice Mm self-care and self-love in the proper sense, right, in a Spirit-led sense? Does that make sense? It does to me because I look at these things that it's talking about, the fruit of the Spirit, love, who needs to be more loving, joy, who needs to be more joyful, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, do you think your neighbor might like it if you look more like those things? Do you think your neighbor might appreciate you more, might want more of you around them if you were more loving and joyful and peaceful and patient? And kind? So why would we not invest in those things? while we not create intentional time in the rhythm of our day and our week and our month and our year to make sure those things are increasing within us so then we have the best version of ourselves to offer to our spouse, to our children, to our neighbors, to our communities, to our offices. I need to drink something, Reagan. Why don't you talk for a sec? (laughs) Mm.
1: So not to beat the dead horse, but I think going back to those who are paper planners when you open them up, um, I think often we can maybe look back and say, gosh, I spent too much time investing in others, so now this is the year of me, or maybe, you know, vice versa. Yeah. And so I think it's learning how to not let the pendulum swing too far in any direction, but always keeping this balance of, you know, how, how am I taking care of myself? How am I I'm wanting to pursue things like goodness and joy and peace? How am I pursuing all those for myself to make sure that I, those are coming out of me and that people can see Christ in me, but also like how am I caring for other people? So learning this balance of seeing how your time is spent and just learning, I guess, how to um, live more faithfully because it is, right, like you said, the law, like love God (laughs) and love your neighbor and then also like love yourself too. Like you need to do all of those things. Um, and so just making sure you're balanced with, with that.
0: Like I think about, so like I said, we had, um, and I apologize for my voice, uh, we had, uh, both of our kids had stomach bugs uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, so We're, if
1: your child uh, touched baby Jesus during the
0: oh my family gosh. Christmas and your one, kid got one, sick, One of you got welcome. my kids sick, but no, one of you got my kids sick and I'm mad at you because uh, then it, it passed around the family. But so then, so then you know extended family comes in town, and I, I love my Adamson crew. I love them, like, fiercely, and they love me too. And so what <laughs> if I had said, I, they do. I'm just telling them they do. And um, what if when they came in town, we said, great, we can't wait to come love you. And, we, and I brought my vomiting kid over to see them because we just wanted to love them so much. Now, is that helpful for them at all? no. That's right? an
1: easy way to get rid of the holiday weight. Though. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Saying. It's a
0: good way to drop those. You really needed to lose. Sh- weight. Oh my gosh, um, too too far. And
1: uh, he's a baby for people like. And so when we
0: talk about loving your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Like when I talk about investing in yourself, nobody wants you to bring your vomiting kid over to come and love them, right? I need you to bring yourself to me when you're healthy. I don't need you to bring yourself to me when you're puking up your gut saying, I can't wait to love you. That's not love, right? And so when we talk about investing in ourselves and the work that the Spirit's doing within us, that's what we're talking about, allowing the Spirit to create a more healthy, holy version of so that our neighbors, our community, our friends, our family can feel loved all the greater, right? Also, just, this is a PSA for don't bring your sick kids to church. So, um, that was, that's what that's about too, because um, someone got my kids sick and I'm still not over it. Let it go. I know. New year. Okay, let's keep moving. Our last scripture this morning, Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10 says this, make no mistake, God is not mocked. A person will harvest what they plant. Those who plant only for their own benefit will harvest devastation from their selfishness, but those who plant for the benefit of the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. Let's not get tired of doing good, because in time, we'll have a harvest if we don't give up. So then let's work for the good of all whenever we have an opportunity, and especially for those in the household of faith.
1: All right, quick poll. How many of you are New Year's… Resolution people.
0: Here's resolutions. Okay. Yep, yep. A few hands. How many
1: of you yeah. like stick to them?
0: Solid. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. okay. I like it. Let's see how it is. Confident. All Those right. are some, now see, that was the confident hand raisers. They were yes. like, yep, I nail it. Oh, see, I like that. There's Venn diagrams going. So,
1: resolution, you know, to resolute is marked by firm determination, which I think is funny because most people make a resolution. It's not very firm, they drop it with like it three
0: weeks. drop it um, like it's hot, yeah, and
1: there's something about you know we've all been there where like especially <laughs> like when you're
0: my fifteen d- year old hip hop reference That's there is that good? was That's that solid solid <laughs> um, <laughs> Mark that one for a clip later, yeah, so <laughs> YouTube gold, keep going, I don't just know power what I was, through uh, okay. ignore me, okay. power through
1: um so you know when you're trying to eat better and you, no <laughs> I don't. Uh, you eat something like you start. You get to the office and someone brought yeah. donuts and you eat one and you're like, well, my whole day's ruined, so I might as well just eat bad the rest of the day. <laughs> right. right, I just
0: ate a donut, so I should just eat just a Popeye's box of chicken for lunch then. Um, yeah, I, think I do there's, know what that's like. <laughs> there's, there's
1: something about, you know, you, when you're thinking about, I'm going to say, the harvest when you're working, like you do have to work at it. You do have to be consistent and, and not give up and um, because if you keep with it like this, Scripture says, um, you know, don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired. Don't get worn out. Don't, don't give up. Um, I think there's so much beautiful scripture where, you know, it talks about keeping the faith and, and staying with God and, and remembering that God is with us. You know, my goodness, we just are dwelling on that Emmanuel, that God is with us. And I think there's something about um, even though things can be against you, things are—, are hard, you feel attacked, or whatever it may be, um worth it. And I think sometimes we let, if we have a bad January or a, f- a bad first week, we just kind of say our whole year is going to be like this. Yeah,
0: I mean, because things don't always go right, right? Like every resolution is born out of hopes and dreams and like, mm-hmm. this is going to be the year. I'm going to do things the right way. And then you end up hitting a wall, right? So like uh, Thursday night, uh, this past week, um, it's... It, in the span of about an hour, right? My cousin Christine, her two girls came over. They came they in. They came day, up early. They came up a day early from Houston to spend the night with us. We're like, yes, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. And um, so they get there. Within an hour, uh, my daughter, we discovered that the fridge was broken. Uh, I was trying to make mac and cheese for a dinner party we were supposed to go to, and I broke a Pyrex measuring cup shattered into a million pieces of glass all over the kitchen floor.
1: I ran to go get ice for the cooler, so Re- I ran. So I was like out and in.
0: Reagan was out and in. Our, and then our daughter said, my tummy doesn't feel good. And I was like, Andy, just go in the other room. You're fine. And then she projectiled all over the playroom. Um, and, and that was our Thursday. Did it, what, what, was I missing one other thing? I can't remember. Well, oh, and then we had to send my cousin and her daughters off to another to Arlington. house. To Arlington. You know, just quick drive. Just, oh, how far is that away? I was like, oh, you know, it's only like 45 minutes. Thanks for coming in a day early from Houston. And so, I mean, it was just like both of us were just like this is not going the way that we planned. Sometimes we have a year that's kind of like that Thursday night for us, right? Have you ever had a year where just literally everything went wrong? Where you, you thought everything was going to go great and then you just run into a wall and you think, God, this is the worst year. I just want to throw up my hands and say, I quit. And the, the problem is if we run into a, if we have a Thursday night like that, if we have a year like that and we say, okay, well, that's it. What if I had said because of that, well, I'm just never going to have my family over again. See,
1: my phone just fell out of my pocket. It's okay. It's okay. What,
0: what if I'd said, well, I'm just never going to have my family over again because that didn't work out very well. That would, that would be a foolish response to one Thursday night. But sometimes we do that when we have a, a really bad year or a bad couple of years. We say, well, I'm just going to stop doing this, that, or whatever. That really does bring us life. That is, are good things that we should be doing, but because we hit a wall, we go, oh, I'm just sort of done, right? And, and, and when we're following the leading of the Spirit, sometimes it's going to be hard things, and sometimes things aren't going to work out the right way. Um, but the thing is, we're not called to be people who are perfect or to have perfect lives, but we are called to be persistent. And one thing Paul's real big on is persistence, and even when you have the rough Thursday night, okay, well you hydrate the family and you feed your daughter, you know, crackers and uh, ginger ale until she's good to go, and now we get to hang out together, right? You know, our weekend is back on, back on. I'm gonna go watch the Cowboys end up eight and eight, and and you know. <laughs> When we, when, we allow it, when we put our heads down and we decide to be persistent in doing the good things and the right things, even the difficult things that the Spirit calls us to do, Paul tells us and Scripture tells us and the Spirit tells us that, that those things are going to bear fruit. In the end, those things are going to bear fruit. God does not allow those things to be done in vain. Um, Can I interject real fast? Oh, I was going to interject with something. What were you going to interject oh. with?
1: I think sometimes we forget about the Spirit and Or even Christ, who, you know, Christ was often called teacher. And I think sometimes we forget um, to be a teachable, to be teachable people. Um, And so when things, you know, whether they are good or bad or whatever, I mean, the Spirit really wants to teach us and to help us. And I think sometimes we miss out on these learning opportunities because we make up our mind. Um, Maybe we give bad reasons or bad theology or whatever and i think there's something where the spirit's like no i'm, I'm trying to teach you something here and so be open have that teachable spirit um, because i think that's so vital to growing and changing and yeah. to becoming more christ-like
0: yeah when i was thinking about persistence this week i couldn't help jackie you get that picture um oh
1: my so
0: gosh. uh <laughs> I've got a very intelligent wife. I want to say that from the beginning. Let me this just say that start. clearly. You like this? This is a good so start. So Reagan, Reagan's very, very smart. She got a merit-based scholarship to seminary. I did not, right? She's smarter than me. A million ways to Sunday, right? Uh, yesterday, uh, this is what you're seeing there is a puzzle called I am
1: Bear. Lil
0: Polar Bear. Lil with the apostrophe. I am Lil Polar Bear. That's a hundred-piece puzzle of a Lil <laughs> Baby polar bear. And there's an, even a sticker on there that says something about junior puzzles, right? And uh, yesterday, Reagan hollers from the kitchen, I can't figure out this puzzle. And I was assuming she was working on some new 500-piece, but pu- nope, she was figuring out the I'm a little polar bear puzzle. Um, and she was sitting there. I'm, guys, I'm not kidding. Uh, she had like five of them put together. I was like, Reagan, what are you talking about? You can't. I can't figure this out. <laughs> Reagan sat there, y'all, for like two and a half hours and put this puzzle <laughs> together. Now, to her credit, the pieces were very oddly shaped. They were oddly it was, shaped. It, but you were, and
1: it was not straight edges. <laughs> and there was one part where the pieces didn't connect. They just sat on top of each other. That was tricky. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's fine.
0: You got a master's degree. I know. You're doing great. You're doing great. But persistence, right? That's the point. That's the point. Is Reagan wasn't going to leave that kitchen until she had it done. Now I said two hours. It I was is kind of fun. I don't know. It was pretty long. It, it was ages long.
1: five plus. I'm plus. I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: Y'all, I was dying laughing. I was dying laughing.
1: I'm going to bring this puzzle next week, and we're going to do that for worship. See who gets it. So,
0: whatever you together. decide, here, here's what I want us to make a commitment with New Year's resolutions. I don't want you to try to fix everything in a year, right? You're not going to become a perfected version of yourself as God intended you to be in 2020, right? We believe that we're going to get there one day, but give yourself the grace of saying, I'm not going to get it all figured out in one year. And so what are the things that you can do that you can be persistent in and consistent in that you can make sure are decisions you're making on a daily basis, even if they're little ones? Last year for me, it was I'm not going to drink an ounce of soda this next year, and I didn't. And it was hard because I am a Dr. Pepper addict. Dr. Pepper addicts in the room say amen. It's hard. But it was a little decision, and I did that, right? Right. So, what are the things that you're going to do, one, two, three things that you can do that you can be persistent in? There's this great quote that I want to sort of close on from Calvin Coolidge, you'll see it on the screens, U.S. President. He says, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. I like the educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. I think if there's one thing that the Spirit calls us to, it calls us to do simple things consistently for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of our life of faith. So, in summary today, I know we've been all over the place, three things you can walk out the door with. Number one, learn from last year and listen to the Spirit. Look back and learn from last year and listen to the Spirit. Number two, invest in the Spirit's work within you. What are those ways you can tell the Spirit is trying to grow you, shape you, mold you? Invest in that this next year. Number three, persistent is better than perfect. You don't need to be a perfect person. But what are the small changes you can make that you can be persistent in this next year? And then this time next year, change your list. So. Um, this is where this is how Galatians spoke to us this week. I hope that it spoke to you, and, I, and more than that, I hope you go home and read it for yourself, and let the Spirit continue to guide you and shape you this week. So, Reagan, will you close us in a yes. word of prayer?
1: We're glad to. God, we thank you so much for this past year, whether it was good or bad or just kind of so-so. We hope that we can look back on it and realize where you were, that you. Um, were there with us, and that um, so many of the things that happened this past year will be used to your glory, that they were things to teach us to become more like your son. And we pray, Lord, as we go into this new year, that we um, know what to leave behind, and we know what to take with us. And we hope um, as we go into this year that uh, we will pursue the simple things like joy and peace and patience and kindness, all of those things so that we can not only become better ourselves, but that we can love our neighbor better and that we can love our world. That is indeed in need of so much hope and light and love. God, thank you for these words in Galatians that remind us to know you and to turn toward you. we give thanks we give praise miss your name. Amen.
0: Amen.